Hello, and welcome to the Artificial Podcast, with your host Nick Myers. Artificial Intelligence. Voice Recognition. Machine Learning. Robotic. Actionable Analytics. It is Nick's goal to help everyone understand how AI and voice technology are reshaping our lives both personally and within organizations. Your glimpse into the growing world of AI and voice first starts now. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Nick Myers. Welcome to the Artificial Podcast. My name is Nick Myers, and I am here to help break down topics in artificial intelligence and voice first to show everyone how these technologies are going to impact our lives both personally and within organizations. The Artificial Podcast is brought to you by Red Fox AI, helping give brands a voice to the power of AI and voice assistant technology. This week's guest is Stuart Crane from voicemetrics.io. Stuart Crane is a software entrepreneur of 30-plus years. Stuart began his career building database applications for businesses and in 1993 co-founded a software company that ultimately became the de facto enterprise system for specialty pharmacies in the United States. After the company was acquired 20 years later, in 2013, Stuart began working in the area of voice technologies. Stuart is currently the founder and CEO of Voice Metrics, a company that offers the only survey platform designed specifically for voice, SurveyLine, allowing organizations to build surveys to be taken by voice on Alexa, Google Home Assistant, and within iOS and Android mobile apps. Stuart, welcome to the Artificial Podcast. How are you? Oh, excellent. Thanks for having me on, Nick. Absolutely. And I, I know you and I have been planning this for quite some time, and we both have been really busy. I remember... You know, you were off going to the Voice Summit, and I was headed off to Australia, and there's so much that just has kind of happened in between even that period of time, so I'm really glad that we can kind of take a bit of a break here and chat. Yeah, absolutely. No, this is great. So one of the, the first questions that I always ask my guest, and I know we, we kind of had our, our pre-chat a bit, but, you know, what is that light bulb moment? What led you to get started in the, I guess, specifically the voice space here, you know, I've, I've interviewed a lot of different people on the show and everybody, I would say a strong consensus is always like, oh, I bought an Amazon Echo and I saw my kids use it or my wife use it or my husband use it or, you know, even grandparents, parents, you know, that type of stuff. But what, what was it for you? What got you into voice? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's similar, but I've always really actually been so interested in voice, period. Like I used to listen to all these cassettes in my car when I drove all over the place and, and you know, just listen to them 24-7, flip, flip, and just listening to the power of voice without commercials and radio. So I really liked voice, and I was always getting into like MP3s and how Napster worked, and something about voice has always been intrigued me. And then voice recognition really wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, ready for prime time uh, when we had our software company for pharmacies, a lot of companies wanted to do transcription and stuff. So we looked into voice tech, uh, voice recognition technology. But kind of like you said, I mean, I got an Amazon Echo after I sold my company and started playing with it. And I realized pretty quickly that you could actually write software for the smart back then it was called echo yeah, smart speaker they didn't even really call it alexa back yeah. then but um so i found out you could do these skills you know alexa skills kit so i started like writing a few basic skills just learning how that worked and this was back in the early days like 2015 yeah when it first came out and did the office hours with uh, dave and everything and then i got to thinking well is there a business here? Because I've obviously really been into business and running my own company for all these years. And I thought, well, maybe we could connect data 
up to uh, voice. So you could just ask for your business information. So your sales, your KPIs, your metrics. And so I started working on that in like 2016 into 2017. And we came out uh, with a product uh, called Voiceline under the Voice Metrics company. And uh, it basically allowed companies to connect up their data and get briefings. So, so it's interesting. My wife, every morning, she goes, Alexa, what's the weather? Every morning. And, and in the nights and all the time, <laughs> I'm like, well, why can't you know, anyone just ask Alexa for their business? You know, how's right. business? Not just how's the weather, but how's business? So that was kind of the, you know, the genesis of the whole idea. Um, and then we can get into survey line and how that came about. But, you know, it was kind of fun to build something from scratch. Kind of reminded me of the very early days of my software years when we built in DOS and uh, wrote database applications, FoxPro, and, and that was kind of the early days with autoexec.bat and all the errors and stuff. And yeah. now we're kind of seeing that again in voice and how, you know, it's so early. Right. I, 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 I agree with you because, you know, even though I, th I think I mentioned to you, I've only kind of been in the space for about two and a half, three years now, even to see the evolution of how you develop for this just in the past couple of years. I mean, I know the big news right now is that ASK CLI just went open source. So everybody can kind of see what's going on there, which is huge, you know, especially for developers. But I guess kind of looking at this from a developer standpoint, what are some of the biggest changes you've noticed since kind of being around this since 2013, 2014, up now heading into 2020? Yeah, a couple things. I think the main thing for us is the ability to build these platforms that support um, the creation of whether it's Alexa skills or Google Actions. So you have voice flow out there, voice apps, and SurveyLine in itself is kind of a platform that anybody can basically create a, um, a voice interaction, a voice survey or whatever you want to call it without having to go in and code all this stuff in the Alexa skills mm -hmm. kit. Now there's a lot of, you know, great programmers and developers that are working with the skills kit, but it's really the platforms and opened it up to you know, a lot of people to be able to create voice um, skills, voice actions quickly. So that's been one thing. And then the other thing I think, Nick, is really this whole notion of smart displays and yep. multimodal and the fact that people use, you know, Google Assistant on their phone, obviously Siri on their phone, and maybe someday there's more Alexa on the phone. Yep. So when you're on their phone, you do have a screen. And then you know, I've had the Echo Show since the very first time the Echo Show was released, and then now I have the second gen. And then there's the Fire TV, and you have the right. Nest Hubs. So these smart displays, I really see them getting bigger and bigger and bigger in the homes. So the second thing, as far as the evolution that I've seen, is really big since the very beginning, is going from just a, a, a smart speaker cylinder to a full-fledged kind of voice or sorry smart display that you can use your um you know you interact with your finger and actually move right. it around and stuff which some people do you don't have to but that's kind of like taking it to the next level i think yeah and I, I love that you mentioned more of the multimodal aspect of this because one thing that i've been thinking a lot about recently is you know we see all this data on smart speakers and you know i feel like a lot of it up to this point has really been focused on smart speakers, which is great because I think smart speakers were kind of like the vehicle to entry, you know, where I almost think like maybe Amazon and Google kind of did this on purpose because, you know, one of the first consumer voice assistants that we had was Siri and everybody was so used to that being in a smartphone because it was, but Siri, as we know, wasn't really that good back then. And of course there's still some bugs that need to be worked out now, but I think, 
maybe they wanted to expose people to a really good voice assistant and an entirely new delivery mechanism, thus being the smart speaker. So ultimately, what do you think about just, I guess, the vessel of voice moving forward? Do you think smart speakers are going to continue to grow? Do you think we're going to see this grow more on the smartphone end of things? I think smartphone, but I want to hear what your opinion is on that. Well, yeah, and I actually think both because the the use cases, you know, are they're, they're just different, but they work in both scenarios. So I don't think one over the other. I think the smart speakers are going to get more and more and more. And once people mm-hmm. have them in their kitchen and then they're like, you know, then they're in their bedroom and they want to turn out their lights. They want to do all they get one in their bedroom and that's already happening. But think, you know, four five, six, seven years down the road when everybody kind of has these smart speakers all, all over the house, you know, that's kind of the beauty of, uh, of, of the smart speaker, you know, surrounding is your home is all connected and that you do so much in your home. But to your point, I totally agreed that I think on the phone, they're only going to get bigger and better. And this is one thing I really mm-hmm. am looking forward to, and I hope it happens sooner rather than later, but it's got to happen, which is Siri or Apple coming out with the ability <laughs> to create voice apps, kind of like right. you have Alexa skills yep. and Google actions, any developer can create those. And that's been going on for many years. I mean, we talked about it when I got into it, you know, the skills kit goes right. way back. Well, when, and you know, is that going to happen with Siri? So, cause you're to your point, you know, you basically have all these people out there that they use their phone to do some voice stuff with, where it's Google assistant or Siri. It's not really Alexa at this point. Um, but with Siri, you can really only do what they've built into it or these shortcuts and they have shortcuts, but they're not really used that much. But once they come out with the ability for companies to create voice apps, now think of this, yep. Nick, you basically have a company that creates one voice app that works on Google Assistant, Alexa, and Siri, and it's launchable using the exact same command, which is similar to the scenario where when somebody has a website, which everybody has a website, you just go to the the URL or the website address. Well, right now, what we don't have in voice and what I see is going to be big is when you have one command and right now it's launch. That's It's the launch command that mm-hmm. works on both Google and Alexa, kind of, sort of. It works pretty well, which means you don't have to enable a skill in the skill store and find it on your phone right. and all that. Now, think about when Apple comes out with kind of the same exact thing, then all of a sudden you have, you know, in smart speakers everywhere and on phones everywhere, the ability to just say launch AMC theaters or launch, you know, Cranberry Apple or whatever the brand is, whatever the thing is, and it works on all three platforms and it doesn't matter whether you have, you know, an an Apple device, an iOS phone or a smart speaker by Sonos, it doesn't matter. It'll work the same way. So anyway, I think that's going to be cool when that happens. Yeah, I'm I'm actually kind of glad you brought up Apple because I think a lot of us, in the voice space for watching their most recent product reveal uh, last week, all kind of holding our breath. At least I know I was, I'm like, are they actually going to do it? Are they actually going to have some really cool news about Siri? Are they finally going to be like, you can do all this cool stuff with Siri now. You can build voice apps. We're going to ingrain it more in Apple AirPods. You know, like, are are they actually going to do something with this clear market opportunity? And they didn't. <laughs> well, not not at that event. Not that's yeah. true. I think I'm hopeful they do gonna, in the future. Yeah, it, you know, obviously Apple and, and same with Amazon. They take they keep their roadmaps very close to the vest, and so yeah. we won't know 
when it's going to happen. And like you said, we kind of watch each event hoping that that happens, but I think it is eventually going to happen. And so you just got to be patient and work in in the two ecosystems than you can right Right. now. And there's still a lot of work just to do with them. You think about a company that has to build an Alexa skill, then they got to turn around, figure out dialogue flow and Google actions and all that to get it working on Google assistant. So then if Siri comes out with theirs, you know, they're going to have to do that. So that gets to my point when I was, you know, you asked me about what are the two things since the beginning, these um, platforms that allow companies to create voice skills or voice apps, you know, um, easier as great because you can create it in a tool and then it automatically will work on, you know, Google assistant and Alexa. Well, when Siri and Apple has their ability, they'll add that. And then a company can create one skill or one voice app and it'll work on all of them. And then if you have a consistent launch phrase, like everybody knows how to go to the www.whatever and it doesn't matter whether you're on internet explorer, which is old obviously, or edge or Chrome or Safari, it just works on all of them. Well, that kind of needs to happen for voice. And so my thinking is that would happen once all three of the biggies and there's Samsung still out there too. With right. The capsules. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, all these things could converge to basically all work very similar. Now they're not ever going to work exactly the same, but if they can at least work the same way as far as launching third party voice apps, then companies would say, all right, now I'm going to invest and I'm going to create, you know, the equivalent of their website, you know, right. in voice, obviously it's a totally different experience or whatever, but they create it and it works on Siri, works on Google, works on Alexa, and it works pretty much the same way. And they can do their own voice recording so they don't have to use the voice assistant. And that's right. one thing we've done with survey lines. We allow people to record the entire survey with their own voices. So when it's launched, you never even hear the Alexa voice or the, the Google assistant voice. And that's kind of neat. No, absolutely. I, I completely agree that I think part of the reason we haven't seen the the business investment in is because like you said, you have to learn how to develop for Alexa and then you have to learn how to develop for Google. And then you have all these other voice assistants that are even a part of the, the big two right now that you may want to learn how to develop for because you don't know if these are going to grow. So I agree completely. I think it's got to be an ubiquitous from a developer standpoint, it's got to be an ubiquitous experience in order to really see the growth take off. So I'm glad you brought that up, but let's kind of switch gears now. And, and I want to learn more about survey line. So what are you working on? What is survey line and, and kind of what is your, your plan here as you, you build this and bring it to market? Yeah, sure. So the best way to describe survey line is really just to talk, to talk about it as the survey monkey for voice because nice. everybody's familiar with survey monkey. You go into survey monkey and you can create a survey and they have templates and that sort of thing. Um, that you create your survey and then when you publish the survey or if you finalize the survey, it goes out as a link um, through email or they put it within social media or wherever it goes and people take the survey on their computers, you know, whether it's a desktop, a laptop, obviously mm-hmm. mobile phone is, is the way a lot of these surveys are being taken nowadays, but it's through a tactile interface. So survey line, surveys by voice is our tagline, surveys by voice is similar in the sense that the creator of the survey goes into the survey line tool and it's a web app, just like SurveyMonkey. And you go in there and you say, create a new um, survey, create a new voice survey. And then you basically can create questions. And the questions could be you know, yes or no, multiple choice, free form rating, like one to five. 
Um, so we have these different question types that are built in and you select which one you want and then you type your question. Um, and then we have, um, you know, conditional responses. So mm -hmm. if they say yes, you can say back to them something different or you can do branching. Yes, so if nice. you're familiar with surveys, the way they branch when you say yes or no, obviously these voice flows and all the voice things, they do all that flowing. Yeah, like Qualtrics, I've used that before. That kind of does the, the branch. You can go like you say this, it goes to this different thing or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and obviously you have to have that in a voice you know, right. interface, um, but we just kind of do it more like the surveys do it. So it's um, it's really a lot of typing, not a lot of typing, but typing to get the stuff in there. And then the tool or the interface is, is nice for the creator because they kind of can listen to how the 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 serve the voice survey is going to sound um, as they're doing it. And then of course they can they can listen to it right on their their Amazon Echo or their Google a home device or on their phone like right away and listen to how the voice survey is going to sound and then uh, so getting back to how it works it works similar to SurveyMonkey in that when people take the survey by voice the data is then stored in um, kind of like a dashboard so you can see oh we had 14 respondents and this is what they said and then and tallies them up and and you get emails that tell you how many people took your survey and you can click a link and see the results and all that or you can download it to csv and we have an api that you can get the data in that way um, so it's basically similar to SurveyMonkey, but it's using voice. So then what our customers are doing, some of them are basically branding it as their, like their market, some of our market research companies. So they mm -hmm. just have one skill or action and then they put surveys under that. So they would say launch radius global, let's say. And then under that, they would say, okay, now say this. And that's a certain survey that you would take. And then other customers of ours, they're branding just one survey. So it would be like launch the McDonald's survey, you know, or, or whatever. And it go right into the survey. So we can handle either like a prompt for a list of surveys and you say your survey name, or we can handle it starting the survey in, you know, immediately and just a one-to-one -one, and that's a branded. And most of our customers, ultimately they want to brand it. They won't want to say, you know, launch survey line and right. wait for a prompt. Although they use that tool, the survey line skill to, you know, get their survey right. And they use that. And then when they're like, Oh, this is what I want. And they want to send it out, they can brand it and, and, and get it published into the, the Google action store and the Alexa skill store. Yeah, no, that that's absolutely fascinating what you're working on, because what a better way to get information from somebody than just through natural conversation. How seamless is that? I'm, I'm already envisioning like, say, like, you know, McDonald's ever does come out with an Alexa skill or a Google action where you can maybe order food directly from your living room, go pick it up, or you can do something, but then you just weave in right. the survey directly into that through the experience using something yeah. like SurveyLine. Well, and it's interesting, Nick, because we've been working with Amazon on their Alexa Skills Connection program, mm -hmm. and you've seen some of the, the blog posts about yep. that, and they're building you know, this capability to connect skills, so one skill can call another right. skill, and it's just getting launched, and it's, and it's been in beta. Um, and I can't say a whole lot about it other than what I know that's right. not, you know, that's obviously anything that's not public, I can't say, but they've been working on this and we are trying to get um, certified with that so that any skill, and obviously it won't work for Google Actions, but any Alexa skill could just add, you know, anywhere in their skill, would you like to give us some feedback or would you like to take a survey or would you please take a survey? And if they say yes, then all it does is say like, it does a one line of code they can put into their skill that calls survey line essentially and they've built the survey they've already built the survey which doesn't take long obviously and so that is what we're gonna 
um, kind of come out with with Amazon uh, when that gets gets rolled out. So we're working on that, and I think that'll really help the skill developers because they don't have we don't have to write this crazy API stuff. They can just use the built-in Amazon Skills connection, and it'll be all supported and everything. Yeah. So that's going to be kind of neat. No, that that is really cool, and I I think there's a huge need for that because. Part of the reason that I I know I personally don't take the surveys that are emailed me or anything is because, well, one, I just have to do it when I could be multitasking or doing something else. So that's why I think there's so much value in this because you could be standing at your kitchen counter doing dishes. You could be cooking something in your kitchen. You could be making your bed. You could be doing something while simultaneously doing a survey. Yeah, and I and I see um, some of the survey companies like Qualtrics, um, SurveyMonkey, and some of these, if they can get onto voice either using our tool, like with the partnership, which we're talking to some of them, or they do it themselves, they could add, you know, add that as an option right in the email, say. Like if you're reading your email and you're like, oh, I don't want to click this and take the survey. And yeah, you may be at your desk or on your phone or whatever. But if it says, well, you can take this one by voice. Maybe you can't take them all by voice because if they're too complicated, it won't work on voice. But if you have the option and you do have the smart speaker, like you said, you're staying in your kitchen, well, give it a try anyway. <laughs> well, that, yeah. that sounds kind of cool. And uh, the voice surveys are really, they, they can be fun to take because you're hearing a voice of either Alexa because obviously the Alexa voice or the Google voice is built in but if the person who's building the, the survey line survey or the voice survey records it, it you're actually listening to somebody and it's very engaging and interactive and it's pretty cool to actually take the survey by voice um, and then there's there's things that we're looking at doing like to work with some companies who have masses of amounts of of panelists, basically yeah. survey panelists. And they're doing all these surveys every day, like survey of the day, all with a phone or with right. their you know, computer. Well, they're looking at coming out with a voice-based survey of the day. So that would be powered by SurveyLine. And obviously you get like coins or Bitcoin or you get discounts or what you get some sort of reward for doing it, of course. But, but instead of taking it and having to sit down at your computer or some right. your phone <laughs> and, you know, thumb through your phone, you basically just talk to your Alexa for maybe a minute, two minutes, whatever it takes. And then you've, you're done for the day and uh, you get, so anyway, that's another product that uh, we may roll out here yeah. within a partnership because we don't have all the panelists, right. these big companies, they have the panelists that do this stuff. Yeah. But that'd be a really good way to gamify it, you know, providing that incentive and different things. Cause in the past, I have like looked into some of those platforms where all you do is you just sit there and take surveys and make yeah. money. I got too bored too quickly, so it didn't work out well for me. But that's also because I didn't want to be just ingrained in my phone or I didn't want to just be ingrained in my computer. I wanted to be doing something else while being able to do that. So you just built the happy medium right here. Yeah, it, it could work. You know, it's not going to work for everybody. It's just another way of doing it. And, and this whole area of CX, they, they, in the industry, they call it CX. And that stands for customer experience. Mm -hmm. And these companies are like, they got to find out how their company, you know, how their customers are feeling. Yep. And so the survey is huge. So if we can, you know, reduce some friction and make it funner and easier and all that, you know, there's going to be a place for it. It's not going to replace, obviously, all of these surveys that are done with a real device or you know with a right. tactile but it's got its own place and um it's kind of fun to build something from scratch now think about it though nick you know voice surveys has actually been around since like 70s with ivr you know you're on the phone <laughs> yeah. with the cable company and they say oh stay on the phone yeah well that's basically a voice survey so yep. what's neat about it it's not like we're inventing a whole new you know, modality, it's now right. just being able to be done on, you know, Alexa and Google Assistant. And that's kind of neat. 
Yeah. So big question. When can we expect survey line like on Alexa? Or is it already on Alexa? Yeah, Forgive so me it's on I'm... Alexa and Google Assistant right now. And we actually have a mobile SDK for Android and iOS for, for app developers that want to put a voice survey right in their app. But it's www.surveysbyvoice.com. And then that takes you into the tool and anybody can create an account for free nice. and you just log in with Amazon or, or log in with your Google account, whatever you just get a login and, or by email and then you start creating surveys and, and that's all free. And the way you, you create the survey and take the survey is using, using the survey line skill and action that's already out there in the store and everything that's all free. And then the people that purchase from us, they brand the survey with their own brand. So it would yeah. be a launch it would just be a skill and an action that they put their name on and then they would advertise that out. Um, but anybody right now can go to surveysbyvoice.com and create, create surveys right now and record them with their own voice and, and have, and share them and all that. But it's, it would be using survey line. And then if they want to purchase their own uh, skill and action, then we do that for them. And, um, and then the pricing's on there. It's not much, but, uh, but that's how it works. Well, there you go, everybody. If you want to start creating surveys via voice, Stuart just gave you the keys of the castle right yeah, there. Yeah, there so. you go. <laughs> but uh, switching gears again, I, I, I really like talking to people with more of a development background like yourself because, I mean, I like talking to everybody, of course, right? But I think at the nuts and bolts as we're trying to figure all this out, it, it really happens, you know, in, in the development of different, you know, I'll just say, you know, for people who just to remove all the mumbo jumbo, just say, we'll just say voice apps. but yeah. So do you, do you think right now the current state of everybody that you know in the voice space, maybe everybody that I know or just the community as a whole, do you feel like they're, I, and I just felt this really recently and I, I think I tweeted about it not that long ago, but you know, everybody's kind of talking about like, oh, well, this is going to happen in the next couple of years or this is going to happen or, you know, things nearly need to start growing and stuff, but it's like people are talking about it but there's only like a very small portion of people who seem like they're actually building stuff like yourself included. Do you, do you feel like there's a lack of people just like getting their hands dirty and building it? And there's more just people like kind of jumping in to just talk about it and ride that train or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I think it's all over the map and what you're saying. I do agree. There's a lot of people talking. It's tough to, I mean, it is tough to really create a very, um, full featured, engaging yeah. voice, uh, voice skill, voice, voice experience, whatever you want to call that and have that use case. That's just wow. Because it's so, uh, generic and there's so many things that you can do with voice that, you know, uh, I've went to a lot of the conferences this summer, like in Boston, there was the voice of the healthcare and the voice yeah. of education. And I've, I've basically, you know, rubbed shoulders with all these people who are creating and developing and building these voice plat. They're, platforms or their use cases and for healthcare specifically you know they, they're amazing but they focus we i talked to one guy all he does is do voice stuff for dentists what you know so that's how specific it is so wow. he, i i don't see him on like a lot of the voice stuff because he's so focused on his dentists patients or not yeah. his patients and dentists practices to get this working that he's not really talking talking so you're right in the sense that there are people that's so excited about voice but but it's hard for them to, you know, build a product that's really successful and all that. And, um, you know, I, I do come from the development standpoint. I've had a software company for 20 years, so I do feel like it's doable, but you have to be patient and you have to have a vision of where things are going. Right. And our thoughts, uh, my partner and I with the survey line, 
online. Our, our thought is build a platform so anybody could use that and it's the same system. So actually our platform allows you to take a survey on not just you know Alexa and Google Assistant, but actually iOS and Android. And we have a kiosk version and all kinds of things like that. So um, that's what we want to do is build something that people can use, but everybody's a little different and everybody right. has their own little take on voice and as their, which is cool. You know, that's all good. Um, but I agree with what you're saying. There's a lot of talk and there's, there's only so but it's neat to see like voice flow and voice oh, yeah. apps and those guys. And they're, they're definitely building some cool stuff. For sure. And I, I think this is where I really connect with you with because um, my company, Red Fox AI, we're also currently working on a product as well, geared more towards the retail space. But that's kind of the same thing. We went into it with the mindset kind of like what you do with SurveyLine as we're building it right now is let's make it available to kind of anybody. Anybody can kind of jump in if you're in the retail space and just kind of pop on top of this is, is kind right. of our model. Because if you silo it too much, then it, it just doesn't work as you know. So that that's kind of been our goal the entire time we've been building what we're building too, to kind of streamline the, the in-store shopping experience with what we're working on. So that that's where I really connect with you on, on what you yeah, said. Yeah, that's there. fabulous. Yeah. Because if you can nail it, I and mean, when I say nail it, nail something that works and it basically um, speeds a process up or it basically gets rid of friction or it takes something that people are already doing, but now they can do it by voice and they rather do it that way or it works better, then you've got something. And people are still trying to figure that out because voice is not this perfect panacea that's just going to replace, you know, mobile right. phones and screens because, you know, you, you think about the phrase, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, yep. that puts us us in the voice industry in a little bit of a hole because it's yep. like, whoa, <laughs> you know, and, and everybody is scrolling their Instagram feeds and Facebook and they're going to Twitter and it is easy to consume masses amounts of information just by scrolling your right. thumb. Well, you can't do that with voice. You just can't. But you can do the opposite. You can, you know, command it to do something and it does it. And you have the power of all this stuff behind you with your voice, but it's different and it's just so different. And you can't really compare it to like mobile apps or the mobile, you know, the whole era of mobile. It's now yeah. we're in the voice era, but it's not like the mobile areas. No, I, the mobile area is not going to go away. That's not going soon. away. When I first, Ever. it's funny you bring that up because when I first hopped into, the voice space, I actually, you know, of course, was reading all the research and everything. And I even in some of my initial talks I was giving was like, I envisioned the death of the smartphone, like this is going to get rid of all of it. And now that I'm kind of like, you know, as far along in it as I am, I'm like, you know what? No, I, I don't I, the smartphones here to stay. I don't think that's absolutely going to go anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And I, I'm all for that. I love, you know, using my phone for whatever I need to use yep. it for. And then with voice, it'd be great to keep elevating that for everybody right. and having cool use cases that are like, wow, this is kind of cool. One thing we're working on, Nick, that's kind of neat is we can do texting now through a uh, survey line and through the new product that we're coming out with later this year. So you basically can just, you know, the, the voice assistant will ask for your 10 digit mobile phone number. You say it like really fast and she gets it. No problem. And then boom, you get a text with a link on it and a link to what? Well, it could be anything. Nick. Nice. It could be a Google review page. It could be your about us page. It could be a discount for 20% off a coupon. It could be your, your business card information. It could be anything. Anything. 
And so it's a whole new way of basically engaging with somebody without them having to type with their thumbs, www, blah, 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 forward slash, blah, 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 blah. No, you just talk and you just say it and you got it like within no time. And so brands and companies are looking for those kinds of things that uh, reduce the friction. So yeah. we're working on that and stay tuned, but it's, it's going to be really neat. Awesome. Fantastic. So let's, let's kind of move more in towards, um, towards the business side of things. So how do you think voice is ultimately going to impact organizations and just brands generally as we say over the next five years? Yeah, five years, obviously a ways out, but I, you know, I think it's, it's more on, you know, an industry by industry basis and, a, and not, a, not a case by case basis, but a use case by use case basis. Cause what I was saying earlier, it's like each uh, industry, each, um, you know, market, every company kind of has different ways of they doing things. And they got to look at voice and say, where does that fit in? I really mm -hmm. don't think there's one overarching thing that voice is just going to affect, you know, everybody or even right. whole huge industries. It's kind of going to affect different companies and in different industries and, and, you know, companies in different ways based on the use cases that they're going to apply. And it's going to take, you know, companies like yours and mine and all these other voice startups to say, okay, let's move this to voice by making it easier. So, you know, I cannot say that there's any one thing, yeah. but what's neat is with Google and Apple and uh, um, Samsung, obviously, and, uh, and, 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 Alexa and Amazon, the, everyone and Microsoft actually to a certain, yeah. they're all putting, you know, so much money into it that voice is just going to, there's going to be more use cases overall over the next five years. But I can't really point to anything that's going to say, oh, this is this. The only thing I can say to, you know, overall is that there's just going to be more use of voice. And you, and you said earlier, you're kind of bullish on the phone. And right. I do agree with that as more of these millennials and they're, you know, talking to the phone, but not talking to people on the phone, talking to voice assistant on the phone. Yep. That's going to help to elevate and make more use cases come about with the phone and just saying commands into the phone. What those are, are going to be all over the map. And I can't really predict what they are. Um, right. I think the Siri shortcuts is they're trying to say, Hey, can we get these apps to do things quicker? And that's a I good start. Um, and it is a good start. Um, but in five years, maybe those things will pick up speed as Siri build allows you to build apps and stuff like that. But I think it's just an, an overall use of voice is just going to help everybody to get more comfortable with it. No, I, I think that's a really good perspective because I agree with you. I don't necessarily know if there's one thing that is going to make or break this for business within the next five years. I think it's going to be just a steady growth of one, the investment coming from the companies, of course, putting out the platforms. But then, like you said, businesses like yours and mine, who are just from a third party perspective, trying to build things, trying to consult with these brands to figure out, you know, is it solving a problem? Is it something that you can use to make things better for your customers? You know, I've, of course, that's always the, you know, the main goal of any organization is can it either make us money or save us money? That's the rubber yeah. needs to meet the road. Yep. And that's exactly <laughs> right, Nick. You know, if there's no value or even, you know, kind of maybe slows them down because voice can slow you down in some yep. uh, situations. So you have to be careful about that. And we're trying to build things that it speeds it up and makes it easier for yep. the end user, which helps the, the brand or the, the company. So yeah, it's kind of finding these things and things will hit, but you can't even really predict what they are. Our 
vision is that, you know, they're going to be short little quick things that make sense to do them by voice rather than pulling out your phone and going www or whatever. Think about things you can just say something and it happens and it's like a lot quicker to happen and it's also easier for the, for the person, whatever that is, it is, but those are the things I think they're going to succeed. Absolutely. And so I, and I, I reserved this question only for a few different guests and kind of based on what we've been talking about here and what you're building, I really want your perspective. So as you know, currently what we're working with is plagued by the whole privacy thing, right? You know, this is what the consumer looks at when, of course, the media sensationalizes, you know, voice assistants listen to everything. And even with my work with artificial intelligence, you know, I get asked all the time, well, what about all the data that's being collected? So what is Stuart Crane's thoughts on this whole thing of privacy that consumers just can't seem, it, I don't even know if it's to understand, I think there's a thing of just fully understanding the scope of what privacy with data means, but that's another topic. But what, what, what do you think about all of this and, and what, how consumers are perceiving what we're doing that you know, maybe can help them get over the hump of adopting the technology a bit more with, with that in mind? Yeah, I think on the privacy side of things, if you look at that, I look at it in two, there's two different sides of privacy when you just say the word privacy when it relates to voice or even just, you know, um, social media and data. And the one side, which is not so much voice, but it's just in general, is the privacy of your own data that mm -hmm. when you say your own, I mean, that's the whole point is Facebook says, well, it's your data. Yeah, it's your data, <laughs> but then they're using the fact. So that's this whole right. area of privacy. We have GDPR and you have all that. And right. I don't think the voice area has been too badly affected that, that because it's just another modality of getting data in and out. So I don't think that is really going to be good or bad. It is what it is in the voice space. I don't think it's going to hurt the voice space too much. The privacy area that kind of has been given the, the voice space of black eye, which you know, and everybody, probably all your listeners know, is the, the whole thing with a smart speaker or, or even your phone or anything listening to you, right. you know, 24 seven, is it listening 24 seven? And it is an issue as far as, you know, perception, um, and every technology has some of things that, that kind of like people are scared of when it first comes out. And this is, this is lasted because you have these situations where they find out about, you know, um, you know, these, the consultants or the yeah, contractors, contractors working and, and listening in on this stuff, which they need to do to get the voice, you know, responses better and so forth. But anyway, I think it's going to get worked out. I really do. Obviously I'm bullish on it and I'm optimistic about it, but <laughs> you know, it, the, the, these companies, like I said, Jeff Bezos and these big companies, they're not going to be putting billions and billions of dollars into this thing and just say, Oh, well, you know, we will screw up. They're going to figure out how they can, you know, basically, you know, obviously it's going to have to listen to you for the wake word, but they're going to be doing things over the next couple of years to really improve the level of uh, comfort <laughs> with the people because they need to get these devices in the hands of uh, millions and millions more people. And then I think you have a lot of people overseas that are seeming to be more open to it. Uh, India, obviously, and Europe, they're very open to it. Australia, and, and they, too. Yeah, and so, and so I think that's going to come over here and be like, okay, it's all good. Yeah. And every once in a while you have a story come out and then that blows over. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's kind of my take on it. Well, part of the thing I think is everybody's just, you know, social media hit us like a, a wave. And I think everybody just couldn't wrap their heads around like how much data that Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all these platforms are collecting until we had the whole issue in 2016. And I don't know if you just, if you uh, have Netflix or watch The Great Hack, 
but that is an excellent. No, I haven't seen that. Oh yeah, that is it is one okay. of the best documentaries I've seen on just data and data privacy because it goes into the whole Cambridge Analytica thing from 2016. Cambridge, okay, oh, I have to check that out. But I think. Up until that point, nobody really either had an idea or cared that much about how much data they were actually giving up. And then when that was finally revealed, I feel like personally is when this conversation really started to take form and just kind of set ablaze. Of course, the media jumped on it like no other as well. But for me, I completely agree with you on everything. And I think it's now even not more of a matter of privacy with data, but transparency. You know, yeah, how is it point. being used? Where is it going? You know, just, just more transparency on the data. And like you said, I think I, I, I probably would, would place a lot of money on a bet thinking that, you know, Jeff Bezos and, you know, Tim Cook and um, um, Microsoft. Sundar Pichar, they're yeah, all basically, Pichar, we got to get this right. <laughs> right. They, they know that if they continue to mask the data that they have, it's just going to cause more problems in the long run. So I, I would not be shocked if they have some type of consultancy or work team going on trying to figure out how they can make the data more transparent. But I mean, the data is money to them, right? I mean, that's, you know, data is the new oil. So it'll really be interesting to kind of see how this specific part of it, I think, plays out for all of us over the next couple of years. Of yeah, that. I mean, nobody has a crystal ball other than the fact that we know they're motivated to make this work and have it work for the consumers and have them, you know, have that level of comfort. And I agree with your word transparency. If there's transparency, and at least everybody knows this is where the data is flowing, where it's going. I think you'll get people more and more comfortable and they're like, all right, let's, you know, let's just use this thing. It's really cool because I can actually now talk to it and I can get these answers. And if I mm-hmm. feel comfortable, you know, it's good to go. <laughs> you know, right. That's what people will say. Absolutely. Well, cool. So as as we kind of wrap things up here, I always, you know, ask this question at the end of every single podcast, but what do you think is one thing that someone can do today to begin leveraging either, I guess, AI, but I guess in your case, voice technology within their organization today? Yeah, I, I would say, and a lot of your listeners probably already know this, but really get hands on with voice. And when I say voice, I mean everything around it. There's so many aspects to voice. I mean, there's so many devices. And I'm not saying you got to go out and buy every device, but if you're an individual, obviously get them in your homes and, and kind of play with them and use them. But for businesses and enterprises, and they want to, you know, maybe build some voice uh, experiences, voice engagements, voice skills, voice mm-hmm. apps, or whatever you want to call them, I think it's best to get um, an echo show and get a Google home nest hub and get some of these smart speakers, put them in your conference rooms and get your staff familiar with it that, Hey, we're not using this thing to spy on anybody or listen. We basically want to learn about the technology and then basically spend some time, you know, every week or so and basically do things hands-on, learn what other skills are doing and then learn what the platforms are out there that you can use now. So you don't have to like start from scratch with, you know, Alexa skills kid and Google actions and dialogue flow and all this. I mean, maybe use voice flow and voice apps and uh, create a survey line or voice XP. I mean, there's a bunch of them with lingo. I mean, just kind of play and create some stuff. That's not a lot of, um, you know, not a big investment in time. Now money, you got to put a little money into buying right. these devices and your time of your people. 
But, um, you know, it's not a lot of time to get these devices, learn what they do, and then see what other companies are doing and then sit down and say, okay, what could we do as a company to either we create our own thing for our customers or do we just use something and leverage what's already out there? So um, I, and my, my, my main point is just get in there and get your hands dirty and just play with it, you know? Yeah, no, that, I think that's absolutely fantastic advice. Well, awesome. So if somebody wanted to reach out to you or get in touch with you, what are some of the best ways they can go about contacting you? Yeah, so I'm Stuart Crane. So my website is stuartcrane.com and my email is the best and that's stuart at stuartcrane.com. Um, and then if you want to get involved with the survey line and kind of play with that, as we said earlier, it's just surveysbyvoice.com, surveysbyvoice.com. That's the product. But me personally, just send me an email, stuart at stuartcrane.com is probably the best way. Gotcha. Any social media links or anything that we can yeah, share like as Twitter, well? Yeah, like Twitter, I'm SD Crane on Twitter. Um, I use Twitter quite a bit. Um, I don't post a lot, but yeah, I mean, I'm on Twitter and then LinkedIn, just search me on LinkedIn and, and I connect with everybody. So you can do that too. Awesome. Well, Stuart, I think you've shared a ton of great information with the listeners here and I, I really appreciate you taking the time to to fill me in on everything you've been working on. I, I, I'm really excited about Serverline. I think there's a huge need for this and I'm really excited to see how it evolves moving forward here. So. Well, great. Thanks for having me on, Nick. It's been fun and uh, I love voice and it's just a great space. So um, it's all good stuff. Fantastic. Well, we'll chat soon. Thank you. All right. Take care, Nick. Artificial intelligence. Voice recognition. Machine learning. Robot. You've been listening to the Artificial Podcast with your host, Nick Myers. Nick Myers. To stay up to date with all our latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. To learn more about how your organization can benefit by unlocking the power of AI and voice, visit www.redfox-ai.com. Until next time.